0: But I have plans for my retirement. Why do you think I'm a scatterbrain, girl? I didn't say scatterbrain. I thought, That would be scatterbrain. Somebody just jump up
1: and meet a man and say, oh, I guess no,
0: I retire. No, That's no. how it to me. That's <laughs> not
1: what I'm saying. I thought... Didn't that, that sound
0: like that now?
1: No. Uh-oh. What I'm saying is <laughs> I felt like you have always talked about retiring, but kind of have been dragging your feet on it. And then you found a good reason to retire and you're like, okay, I'm going to spend more time. Well, you know
0: retirement is a process, right? You can't just... I mean, I've
1: never retired before, but I imagine... But I'm going to
0: tell you, it's a long, long process. I'm still working on stuff. So, you know, you just don't jump up and do it. It takes years of planning.
1: Yes. So all I'm saying is, no, I did not think you were a scatterbrain. I thought you just had more of an impetus to retire so that you Uh could travel and do more things and enjoy your time. Not that you Uh were never going to retire, but it seemed like it happened more quickly after Uh you met Mr. Jerome. However, Uh I understand Uh what you're saying is it's correlation uh, Uh and association, not causation. I hear you.
0: Exactly.
1: Okay, I got it.
0: Good,
1: good, thank you. Uh, 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 uh. Alright, thank you.
2: Any other questions? No, I love you, mommy. Love are y'all you.
0: trying to interview me?
2: Yep. well, that's my sister, and I'm to stick beside her. Hey, y'all, and welcome back. Uh, in this episode, we are talking about retirement preparation and what our mom did to kind of prepare for retirement in this episode uh the idea of happenstance comes up as well as my mom being a hustler and we connect that to some of the of course social ills in society so uh thanks for joining again and let's listen back into the combo
1: Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. hey, mom. I'm here with Nevin. How are you? You here
0: with who? Nevin. Nevin, uh-huh.
1: How are you? Can you talk for a second?
0: Yeah, for a second.
1: Are you okay? Uh-huh. Well,
0: my feet
1: right now. Oh, okay. Can you hear me, mom? Yeah. Hey. Am I... Do you have your, like, headphones in or something? Oh, okay. Fine. You're on speaker too. Yeah. Okay. Um, question for you. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about the your decision to retire?
0: What do you mean?
1: Like why did you decide to retire when you did?
0: Um, I looked at first before I retired, what things did I need to do to prepare for that retirement? One was to put a roof on Paddock Road, get a furnace, put a roof on Uranus, um, have a little money saved, and then looked at my cash flow, what I would have monthly, and compared to not working, to working.
1: Okay. Was that the only reason um, that you decided to retire because of the, the review of your cash flow? In, in your and that life? I had
0: been in the positions that I had been in education a long time when the time had come.
2: I see. Because I kind of felt like you wait, had been talking- Let me ask her a question. Oh, Mom, ask her a question. Mom, when do you think uh, you started talking to me about retiring?
0: Maybe about three to four years ago. Yes, always.
1: And I agree with that. I feel like you've been talking about retirement for a while. But I felt Uh like you were more serious about it after you met Mr. Jerome.
0: No, that had nothing to do with it. By the time I met him, I had already planned to retire. In fact, I met him in October of last year. (laughs) And all of our group was sitting around having dinner. And I told them then I was going to retire next year, that next year.
1: Mom, I feel like you've been talking about retirement for a while, though.
0: But you got to talk about it and plan at the same time.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. But I felt like you it was more speedily done after you met Mr. Jerome, Dr- or after you rekindled, let's say, with Mr. Drum. And you met Mr. Oh. Drum. you re-met him in October? I thought I was in the spring. Like, after Mom, your I reunion.
0: I a few of Bell phone coming last year. That's why we kind of wanted to go back this year. It was that's when we saw each other. It wasn't reunion. Mm-hmm. It was our homecoming.
1: Mm-hmm. For some reason, I'm remembering April, but it was October.
0: October last year.
1: Okay, so Mr. Jerome uh-huh. had nothing to do with you retiring. That was already absolutely in nothing. Absolutely
0: <laughs>
2: nothing. <laughs> I I I told your daughter that uh, I felt like you had planned, you had named the year and the time, at least to uh-huh. me, that you're going to do it before you even, I guess, rekindled and met him. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay,
1: saying. well, maybe you guys had different conversations. Because <laughs> I felt like every time I'd be like, Mom, move to Chicago, move to Chicago. You'd be like, okay, yeah, like... You know, maybe if you have another baby, this, that, this, that. And all of a sudden, you're like, okay, I'm retiring tomorrow. I'm done working.
0: Girl, I've been planning this for a while. It has nothing to do with a man at
2: all. I think, uh, to be fair to you, Mom, I feel like at times, your daughter, yeah, maybe we just have different conversations. And then maybe that's a of conversation. Because there Uh was a time where we were talking, and your daughter still didn't believe that you were ever coming to Chicago. Yeah. And I was like, and she had told me for and years. I was like, I was like, well, I'm pretty sure she's has and planted. Yeah, they you're still. You're pretty they, sure what now? I was like, I'm pretty sure she she's coming, and because we're planning. Yo, what? yo, yo, daughter, still think there's hope that you gonna live with her? Yeah.
0: Oh, I don't know where she gets that <laughs>
1: from. Wait, is that right. not a, is that not a, an option in the options?
0: Oh, no, that's not an option. See,
1: this is what I'm saying. I Clearly, we have different conversations. You.
0: But, Nia, but you I never said that said to, that to you.
1: me, Mom. You said, you said, okay, we're gonna look at the space. Mr. Jerome likes the space. I'm talking about the basement space. And you never right. said, no, that's not an option. But
0: you mentioned that to me again, and I said, Mia. Cause
1: she said I never said anything so I said Nia at
0: this time I'm telling you the instance to that is no that's not true that's never that happened because you brought it up yeah I always
1: bring it up I always bring it up
0: I know and that's always my answer because I don't
1: think you have great options as it stands well I
0: like what me and never doing right now
1: what are y'all doing right now
0: we trying to figure it out okay good
1: luck <laughs> <laughs> i am
2: shady af <laughs> shady boots shady boots.
1: i mean i got it honestly and also like i asked her the same question 300 times and like it's like one of those things where you have to ask somebody the same thing different ways because you, you you know they just are off base and you like trying to catch them to get them <laughs> to tell you the truth so that was my My immediate, but I definitely think you and mom have different conversations. And like, yes, maybe my timeline is wrong, but I also feel like I get different info from mom. Like she doesn't tell me, it's like, like say what you're saying. You know what I mean? And I don't think she does that with me. I think she speaks really clearly and plainly to you. And then with me, it's like flowery. We're not going to get to the point. Maybe she doesn't want to hurt my feelings. Maybe she doesn't know. Like, I don't know. But I feel like those conversations were so different that like, it definitely caught me by surprise when Mm -hmm. she's like oh no no no! like I'm retiring tomorrow Mm. you know what I mean it felt very random to me like I was happy for her but in my mind like you know the human mind fills in Mm -hmm. gaps when there are gaps like to me we had been talking about this for years and then all of a sudden right she met this guy and now we're retired Mm -hmm. but the reality likely what she was talking about with you is that she had been planning this for a long time and it was like correlation versus causation like it just happened around the same time and for me in my mind i'm like oh okay it was because of this thing rather than they just happened to be happening around the same time right because i wasn't there for the homecoming conversations i clearly didn't remember the timeline as as it happened it just like you know i was kind of making like making sense of a pattern that didn't make sense to me
2: Mm. you know what i mean? Yeah that reminds me of gosh i'm going to get it wrong but there's this theory in psychology when it, it actually when it talks about the way in which we discriminate against things or do bias is that when there's this thing that stands out from the pattern of what the norm is but it happens along with something else we assume it's because of that thing Mm -hmm. um so from a psychological standpoint i get it um why do you think that's so interesting and i've thought about that a lot why do you think your mother has different conversations with us
1: that's a really good point. Like you know how we in one of our episodes we talked about um raising black sons and raising black daughters. Absolutely. Like those conversations were different too and like again, like I don't really know, but our assessment at that time is that it was gendered, right? Like mm-hmm. She felt like, and dad felt like, you were going to encounter more racism mm-hmm. because of your gender or your apparent gender, right, to the world. So they're going to have a different conversation with you than they do with me. I mean, obviously, this is not preparing for racism. This is just like what mom shares. I think one is, I mean, I don't know, like maybe y'all talk more often. So the conversations are just more fluid, Um or maybe it's that, you know, again, like she feels like she has to tell me certain things and doesn't feel like she can tell me everything or thinks she told me something and didn't and really talk to you about it. Because she'll be like, oh, you know, like I told you about that. I'm like, mom, I swear you didn't tell me you were coming. I swear you didn't tell me you were saying with Nevin. Like, mm-hmm. You know, so there are some holes there and I'm not really sure why. Maybe she's more comfortable with you. Like you guys had a whole like period of time where it was just you two, right, in the house. And so maybe there's a closeness there. I mean, I really don't know. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I think there your, your mother and I, we do have a closeness for the time that we spent alone together. Um, I think you probably spent more time I don't know. I was gonna say with dad, with dad and mom together, like as an actual human being that could form memories. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think, but mom and I did spend a lot of alone time. I guess this is funny, and this is not related. It makes me think of the idea that like you have never pretty much like lived alone, right? In the way where because when you say that. because when you were in the house, right? I was there too, so you never <laughs> got to form like. Like, I was somewhere around, and you were actually in a different location at some point when you went to college. I don't know. Uh, I have an invitation, not demand, for you. We can see if you want to go to this level of vulnerability. Uh, mm-hmm. Did any of you feel like, especially with the retirement and different conversations and all this and where we are, does any part of you feel, like, offended? Like, you are first born, you have an MBA, and all these things, is there any part of you that's like, like, why aren't you talking to me about these things? And more. About candidly, retirement? Like yeah, I think specifically so. Specifically
1: or just daughter
2: stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm at specifically in the lens of retirement.
1: No, I mean, I don't think that um, the MBA necessarily prepares you to have financial conversations in that same way. Like, I think it's different than a financial counselor. Or mm. retirement advisor. so I I don't expect that. I mean, I do expect like expect a basic conversation from mother to daughter about <laughs> what your life plans are. <laughs> um so that's a little bit weird. But, that's know.
2: hilarious, but your mom would say she'd been having a conversation with you and you not listening to her.
1: She thinks she's having these conversations. She needs to just say what she's saying. Okay. What I'm saying, (laughs) like, just tell me the thing. Um, She gives me these pipe dreams like, oh yeah, I'm going to move to Chicago and I'm going to live with you. And oh yeah, I'm going to give you some money to redo your basement. We can live there. Oh no, I never said that. I never (laughs) said that. I told you, no, I told you I never said that. So no, no, no. I, you know, honestly, I, I don't expect that those conversations are going to happen just because I have like a new degree. Mm -hmm. Um, I do wish that she had financial conversations in general, like Mm -hmm. often and earlier, I think that would be, that would have been good. Um, But yeah, no, I'm happy that she's retired. However, whatever prompted the retirement, whether it was love or finances and roofs or whatever kind of stuff she's saying, I'm happy that it's there. I honestly never thought mom would retire um, so I'm happy she's living her best life
2: now, yeah, um, you pointed out what we're gonna hear Mom talk about next a little bit, and that is some of the things that led into well really one major thing that led her to be able to retire to and it's such this like logistical you think a small thing where she talks about getting a roof um and it's like like that's what she needed, but I think when I think about the monetary things and what was connected to that. Um, given her point of view, given some theory when it comes to like career counseling and some other things, it actually makes a lot of sense. So let's listen back to mom. Mom, what um, what are some of the reasons you decided to retire?
0: I guess um, I had forecast retiring a little bit later, but I was able to do a lot of the things earlier than what I had projected um, because additional money came to me um, when my ex-husband died.
2: Got okay. So you, what you're saying is you thought that uh, if that didn't happen, you'd still be working.
0: Exactly. Because I wouldn't have been able to pay for some high ticket items that I knew needed to be taken care of before I got, before I retired. Hmm.
2: So, you know, Nia, it's so interesting. Um, I remember when dad died, um, just a lot of financial strain. And I remember telling my friend, like, I feel like when I've seen like my white friends, when, when for some people, When, you know, their relatives die, they get richer. And when some people's relatives die, they get poorer, paying for like funeral costs and all those other things. And I felt like we were definitely the latter in the boat. What do you think?
1: (laughs) A hundred percent. I think um, before dad died, I remember going to a friend's house and saying, this is kind of well-off white family. And they were, I can't even remember what they were talking about, but I was like, you know, money is super tight right now. Like to even pay for like just cremation and whatever, is it at least a thousand dollars, which shouldn't be a lot. But if your family doesn't have it, it is a lot. And I remember just thinking about that and making, you know, like we didn't plan for this. Dad obviously didn't plan for this. So it definitely took a financial hit into large to a large degree like there's still things coming like there's taxes and all the things that you know um, it it doesn't end and you're right like a lot of people just come into money (laughs) they come into money or property or things or whatever and other people um, don't or worse come into debt or come into other sort of things that they hadn't anticipated I think that's one of the problems with structural racism right and um yeah, yeah. So I definitely think from a financial standpoint. I mean, and obviously beyond a financial standpoint, it was it was a hard hit.
2: Yeah, um, for sure. And I, I just remember my, one of my friends. He said like his aunt, his aunt. So not even his um, parent like passed away, and he received like stock options from her and all these things. And I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. That must be nice, because I was like how- how are we even we're supposed to feed these people after the mm-hmm. service like what like and there was just nothing there to do it with um and so it's interesting because I didn't think about how you know because we're his kids i i i i thought if we didn't receive anything, then mom his ex wife <laughs> definitely <laughs> 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 Definitely wasn't gonna receive anything, but surely like there was there was a blessing there.
1: Yeah, that's a kind of a good point. And until that clip, I didn't know that. You know, um I remember mom saying something casually a long time ago that her dad said to her, if you're gonna be married to somebody, be married to them for at least 10 years. And she was like, oh yeah, there was wisdom in that. And actually didn't know it at the time, but I guess, I don't know whether it's for social security or whatever it is, but she had been married to dad for over 10 years, right? Um, and so, yeah, I guess there is some like wisdom to that, like." Th- that folklore if you're gonna do it do it make sure you can do it for at least 10 years or it ain't worth it um so i'm happy to say i'm, I'm past the 10-year mark just just in case hey, <laughs> hey,
2: but yeah up. i had
1: I had no idea and it's kind of beautiful in a way because dad loved Mom uh-huh. so much right and for sure would do anything for her even in their divorce um trying to make sure she had stuff even when he didn't really have it. So it's kind of beautiful that in the afterlife, dad was able to give something to mom, you know? So I, um, that's cool.
2: Yeah, I agree with that, that idea of beautifulness. And this kind of conversation that we're having about, you know, seeing some of our peers, uh, uh, especially some of our white peers, um, get to inherent things are, uh, is a bit of the piece of what kind of leads to retirement insecurity and inequality when we look by race and ethnicity. Mm. So there was a study by uh, Francis and Weller that uh, looked at retirement inequality by race and ethnicity. And they kind of noted that you know, there is a huge inequality there and there are multiple factors that contribute to that growing inequality. They talk about one of those, the biggest factors that contribute to, that contribute to, um, retirement, uh, income inequality is, uh, that people of color are less likely to inherit wealth, uh, from their families. And thus they oftentimes need to save more, uh, uh, to achieve the same level of retirement security as white families. They, uh, in this study, they talk about other things being connected to that, right? So the, the fact that white households have historically benefited from advantages and wealth accumulation that include um, slavery, Jim Crow laws, other uh, uh, current day systemic racism, and how these kind of advantages are passed on intergenerationally through inheritances, large gifts, um, access to larger and wealthier social networks um, and, and those kind of things. Um, uh, this is connected of course, to other things that are, are facing people of color, such as discrimination in uh, labor markets, um, getting well-paying and stable jobs, decent health and retirement benefits, those are a part of it too. But a a big piece of this is the idea of um, uh, generational wealth and intergenerational uh, inheritances that people of color are less likely to obtain than their white counterparts.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's super interesting. It makes me think of something that's like kind of related, not all the way related, but we, you know, we wrote that uh, po- poverty reviews about structural mm-hmm. racism and poverty and in the intersection of the two. I typically do not like to study poverty because people equate the two and says, oh, it's not really structural racism for black folks or folks of mm-hmm. color. It's poverty. And if we only gave people more wealth or more money or whatever, they would be fine. And, I, and I, you know, I've always pushed back against that because it's really, really, really both. Um, and so I was happy we did that review. But one of the studies that we looked at in that review that I think about constantly is that um, Black people in certain, you know, Black people in neighborhoods where you see them even well-off neighborhoods, right, they are still, you know, in a neighborhood that is at least one, like, echelon lower, however you Mm -hmm. want to define that, than where they should be. Right. And so that always has stuck with me. So black people in, you know, um in nice neighborhoods probably should be in better neighborhoods, have it not been for (laughs) a better, you know, being like socioeconomically not necessarily better. Um because when you look at it, like I even think about my street, right? You know, it's a very nice street and most people are not doctors and lawyers right that live in live in those houses right. still as as um as white people right they might be school teachers or they might be stay at home people or whatever, but not necessarily two very very educated people you know living in that house it just it just shows you right like we should be in a really fancy neighborhood a very rich neighborhood but um because of structural racism and not having those advantages passed on. You know, that is one of the like clear ways to me. I remember watching, you know, one of my favorite shows back in the day was House Hunters. And seeing like these young white people like be able to buy a million, two million dollar house and they were like, Well, what are do you doing? Right. You know, like, uh, you know, I'm a carrot farmer or I'm a like stay at home mom or I'm <laughs> a, you know, I I don't have a job at all. But it's just like, you know, this these advantages, this wealth gets passed down. And so it um it accumulates and it compounds. Um, And so it is unsurprising to me that those disparities persist into retirement and then further impact other generations, right? If you can't leave us any money, right? Our dad passed away. We don't have any money, property, whatever from that, Um, just debt or just taxes or whatever it is, yeah, that puts us behind the eight ball for ourselves, for our own careers, our education and our own retirement. Oh, you know what? Let me say one more thing while I'm on while I'm on one. uh And often we have to make really hard decisions about retirement. So, and that impacts us later on. So, when we're young, we have to decide, you know, do we put this money away for retirement right now or do we pay our bills, right? And this is right. um and edu- this is a decision that is also really personal to me. Like we can't, you know, it is hard to to take care of our future selves when there are pressing issues right now. Um, and have had you had the money, the income, the education, the wealth, the resources, you could make that choice. But it is a very hard choice when you're trying to decide, should I keep the lights on or should I put money in my retirement account? Right, or should I save money? Like, you need to eat right now. You need to have your bills right now. And that's a lot of, um, I think, decision points for people. It's like, yeah, I could save for retirement thirty for 30 years from now. Or I could eat. I could pay off my debt. I could take send my kids to school, whatever it is. And that is problem, part of the problem here, right? It's like we don't have the ability, the financial flexibility, the income to make those hard choices. And then when you do, things come up. You know, because there's not generational wealth. So if somebody got really sick, a parent, a spouse, a kid, guess what's going to get tapped is that is that retirement account. If you have even if you even have one, right? To be like, okay, well we're in trouble. You know, we're about to declare bankruptcy or mom is sick. Where else are you going to get that money from? Because you don't have 50 G's in the bank. You don't have a hundred thousand dollars just in the bank for a rainy day. You hit your retirement, so that puts us even further behind.
2: Ooh. Ooh. Um, uh, we all got to make tough choices, but some of us got different tough choices to make. Um, what do you, th- what did you- our parents teach you about retirement? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, not like, the laugh.
1: Is that, is that a, is that a trick question or... I don't feel like I learned anything about retirement. Like I said, I didn't know mom was even really ever going to retire. And you know, dad was a financial um, planner, advisor, whatever, but I felt like I either didn't ask enough questions or wasn't paying attention, but I felt like I didn't learn very much. The one thing I would say that I remember dad saying consistently, and I don't think I understood what it meant at the time. Was pay yourself first. I remember him saying that constantly. Mm. And now I understand that to mean save money for yourself. Um, and that probably meant retirement. Like put your money away first for yourself mm. before you pay any debts, before you, you know, buy the nice things you want. Like pay yourself first. I think that's what he meant. Like I never clarified and I never knew enough to ask. Um, So I would say maybe that's it, but I don't think I ever really even thought about it or heard about it. Begin with the end in mind. Um, So I feel like a lot of the things that I learned were on my own about retirement and thinking Mm. about like, I don't want to do this forever, partly because of my career, right? Partly because of my career. A, I can't do this. I can't do this at 85 years old, like working at the speed that I'm working, doing The cognitive load That I'm carrying right and do all the other things And two I don't want to So how do I think about retirement Now so that I don't Have to Um, I don't know What about you do you feel like you got like good Lessons on retirement I just fell asleep in class Yeah
2: no Yeah it's interesting Given that right dad Had his MBA our parents Are well educated it's interesting to Think about like the lack of financial literacy I have. Um, In places that I might Expect you know and I think By happenstance dad ended up Where he is uh, or, or you know Financially where he was right Um, And I'm going to speak to that a little bit Because I remember where you got that Lesson the lesson that I got from dad was Invest 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 until like mm. Like stocks and Stuff in the uh, stock market because He was like that's how people get rich and all this stuff And a very like he said We used to have some conversations and like Like this to me a seven 70s kind of conspiracy high kind of way man you gotta invest man like that kind of <laughs> stuff but uh but you know I think by happenstance right there was like issues with the stock market and I saw him lose all his financial advising clients I used to go to with him at work and I remember right uh he ended up losing all his clients because the stock market wasn't doing well and so I was like Y- y'all want me to gamble with this little bit of money I got? I don't. I don't think so, right? And so it's, it's just interesting to think about it. But I would say I also don't feel like I learned a lot from our parents when it comes to retirement.
1: Let me ask. Let me say one thing to you. I don't think that the two are in in um, opposition. I do think the pay yourself first and the investments actually go hand in hand. I think the point is. To pay yourself first by investing in your retirement account.
2: Um, yeah, I you I know hear you.
1: because the Americans their, their biggest investment portfolio is in their retirement account, and I don't think we realize that the time horizon it should be over. T- you know, more than 20 years. So you should be be able to stand losing a little, gaining a lot, losing a little, gaining a lot. Um, And so I don't think the two are in opposition to each other. I think when you invest purely in stocks and you don't have any other backup money, that is a problem. (laughs) You know, when you lose the money, the money is gone. But anyway, Yeah. yeah, let's hear what mom
2: learned. What were your ideas and or misconceptions about retirement? Like, did your parents retire? Did you get to see them retire? What was, what kind of- Yeah, my veggies?
0: mother retired. My mother died at 79. My dad died at 94. So they were well into retirement before they died. And they were able to live okay off of their retirement. But I want a ball. Mm-hmm. So, Out of control.
2: Yeah. Mm, okay. So what were some what were some of the things your parents taught you about retirement or that you saw from their retirement? That... One of
0: the things they said, make sure you pay off all your debt. Uh, pay off all your debt so that you're not stressed about bills. So try to pay off any high-end debt things that you have first.
2: Okay. Got you. So... So when it comes to you and currently retirement, you have have heard that you should be paying off all your debt,
0: mm-hmm.
2: that uh, f- for how you like to live, you mm-hmm. probably need a side hustle. Well,
0: what one of the expect- things I was happy that I did, I took classes in real estate and was able to become a real estate appraiser at the same time I was working full time. That was like my side hustle. Um, so... Some of the things I thought about: How can I have extra income after I retire?
2: Hmm. And what? How do you have extra income?
0: Well, some of the things I'm well. One of the things I'm working on is acquiring additional real estate. Um. And I plan for that. And the reason I say I plan for that, I took the classes, I did real estate appraising. I've been in the real estate market um, for a long time, looking at values, looking at, um, you know, actually what it would take. So coming up with a marketing plan, a business plan um, for my journey, my next journey.
2: So, some of what I hear you saying is that a couple of things. One, that maybe that it's you couldn't just live off of retirement alone, and so I you had to make but a But I've been a
0: hustler all my life. You know, the more I just feel like, um, why not do the things that I'm enjoying that I enjoy um, to earn extra money, and real estate is one of them.
2: Okay, so you've been a hustler all your life and if you didn't have a side hustle for retirement would you still be able to do those big things that you enjoy or like like do you have to like have some supplemental
0: income? no um, I don't need supplemental um, but I'm a shopper I like <laughs> extravagant things and you know when you retired, you're on a fixed budget so you know I like diamond jewelry and furs. Oh, my.
1: Yeah, it seems like mom learned more about retirement from her parents than we learned from ours. I wonder if some of that is because they've just so far they've lived longer. Right. If she's seen them live through 79 and 94, maybe they just had more time to have those conversations and we're still young and she literally just retired. So maybe some of that wisdom will come, you know, um, throughout the years. But good to know to
2: know. (laughs) You know, what's interesting is I also feel like her parents, at least her dad, right? They did a lot of like business kind of ventures where Mm -hmm. I'm sure they also had some of those conversations. And so I wonder if there was a different self-reliance you had to have at that time. Look at
1: you with the big word, self-reliance. What does that mean?
2: Like if you're having to start your own business, do your things, you're probably doing a lot for yourself. Whereas with mom and dad, You know, they were company people for all purposes, where the company, right, is doing the thing. Um, And so I wonder if that was, you know, somewhat a part of it.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, maybe. And then this kind of idea to pay off the debts first, um, I think that is obviously very smart on a fixed income and um, making sure that you still have extra income so you can live the way you want to live. I think that for mom especially, she she likes really nice things. I think, you know, she said diamonds and furs, but she really actually likes those things. So she definitely needs to make sure she brings in some more income or gets with somebody that has income to support that lifestyle.
2: Yes, uh, very very much that very much truth. It's giving luxury and and, and lush. You know, uh, there there are a couple of things that really stand out to me. One is. Uh, what what, what we were taught from our parents and what mom was taught from our parents, but what we weren't. And what I hear is like the idea of literally, and I learned some of these things from you and not from them uh, about, you know, contributing to as much as my retirement I can, especially if there's a match and things like that. And so there were some other articles, a numerous amount of articles that have actually talked about That and uh, the disparities, uh, racial disparities that exist between that. They talked about, um, a lot of researchers uh, have talked about this in terms of calling it Uh, DB, which is defined benefit. So basically, um, workers of color, uh, particularly uh, Latinx folks, are significantly less likely than white workers to be covered by an employer-sponsored retirement plan or 401k um, or DB, defined benefit kind of plan. Uh, They say, get this, only 54% of Black and Asian employees and 38% of Latino employees between the ages of 25 to 65 work for an employer that sponsors a retirement plan compared to 62% of white employees. So, like, I I think, you know not only are people of color less likely to have those jobs or even get those retirement plans, even when you account for other things, they're less likely to contribute um, to the same degree of white counterparts. And so that just makes me think of also the lack of education around those things, you know? Mm -hmm. And then also in hearing mom talking about like real estate and working and what she plans to do, a couple of things. One, I think about like, baby retirement is to be retired <laughs> like here <laughs> the idea that one right uh she would still uh need to work to live her best life uh right um to get those things that she is very deserving of of course is like it's part of that to me um mm. and then i would i would just say there is a the last study and when you think about how all these things are connect, connected even when i think about the real estate right that uh, your mom wants to buy or, 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 or can buy, she's working with less money, right? Than her white counterparts. So the property she can afford is not to the same degree as other, like her white counterparts. And so there was a study that was done that talked about, uh, how racial differences in housings return, housing returns shape retirement security, which is just the idea that, um, the areas that black folks are able to kind of like buy those property and housing in uh, yield less of a return than the areas that white folks are able to buy housing in and how also those areas just in case those, those people want to live there that oftentimes uh, the neighborhoods that white um, white purchasers, white folks who retire, get to purchase homes in, Usually, those areas are surrounded with uh have more favorable health care uh have better longevity impacts, and have better crime rates, right So all those things we still see <laughs> the system, the hierarchy at play again, unfortunately,
1: Wow, I mean, what you said is so striking to me for so many reasons, but i'll I'll say like i guess just briefly, you're right, like a lot of the black folks that I know retired are still working like I'm thinking mm. about TO, I'm thinking about my in-laws, I'm thinking about mom oh, who wants to still work and it's <clears throat> maybe it's not out of necessity but it kind of feels like you know the one thing she said is I'm a hustler So this idea Mm. that you have to continue to work and continue to, like, not necessarily burn yourself out, but you can't sit down. You're not allowed. You're not afforded the opportunity because of whatever reason, because you like a certain lifestyle, because you don't think you should, like, you want to stay busy. So that's interesting, like, what retirement looks like across different sort of races and ethnicities. And to be retired means you just quit your main gig, but you're still doing the other gigs. Um, So that's (laughs) really fascinating to me. And And the idea that one can't save enough to still live how they want to live right um, and be retired when I think about other people that retire um, being you know white people or um, other non-black people, you know they spend time with their their grandkids they're able to take time off and then that helps the working yep. you know kind of the the generation below them right like if you can send yeah. if your parent can live with you your parent is close by and you don't have to pay for child care they can pick them up from school or whatever that also helps you and that helps to give back to the generation so i think that's really really interesting and this other thought that came into my mind is education, when you were talking about there is this lack of financial literacy, even for people that are well off or highly educated. I remember when I started residency, the only reason why I had put money in a 401k is I happened to sit next to one of my co-residents who's um, South Asian and said, oh, no, 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 you need to put money in this thing. This thing is important and (laughs) it'll match. And I was like, what do you mean by match? Like literally, this is my first job ish sort of thing. And I had no idea. And had I not sat next to her, I probably wouldn't have put money because I'm again trying to decide between do I want to eat or do I want to put money in my 401k? She's like, no, Nia, this is important. This is important.
2: Mm. You need
1: to do this. Mm. And she had had mm. mentioned that that's what she was doing. But had she not, I don't know that I would have retired or certainly not put up money in the same way as I do now. So I think that's interesting, right? This kind of educational piece, even for people that have gone to college and so on and so forth are educated professional people. So there's this lack of um, kind of transition of um, generational knowledge with respect to financial literacy, retirement, financial planning. So that's huge. Um, And then the the last sort of piece here, I think with respect to Like, what does retirement look like for her? Like, is it, you know, is our expectation for her to sit down an unrealistic one? Like, is that really what she wants to do? And should she have to do it because this is what, how retirement has been sold to us? Or, you know, is it because we're a a product of circumstance? She's only able to buy certain properties in certain neighborhoods, which again, limits the wealth transfer right? When she passes, if you only buy properties in neighborhoods that are not seen as as valuable as others, then she might be doing better than other people, but she's not doing as, as good as she, sh- she should be doing because of structural racism. So how do we think about what retirement looks like? What should one be doing in their retirement? And what should they be able to afford? Um, so all super interesting themes that I don't think I've ever given any thought to until today. I've talked to a lot about um, financial stuff, but now I'm gonna have to add this to the list: retirement and what does it begin with the end in mind. You don't want to work forever, so start saving a lot now. Live very modestly now, so you can live really like, comfortable comfortably later.
2: Period. And that's on that. Um, I want to point out something that you said that I want to make sure our listeners listen to. Right, we are not attacking people, individuals, right, uh, mar- marginalized groups. It is the system, right? And so I want to just point um, attention to that as well, right? These systemic and systematic impacts are um, impacting individuals and individuals that we're close to. Um, But I'm excited to continue to explore some of these things that maybe we haven't thought a lot about before and hopefully that our listeners will now start to think about within their own lives, but also as connected to ways that they can dismantle the system.
1: Boogie, I have to say, I love this. When you first pitched the idea of retirement, I was like, boring.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I told you. Our listeners it all are not going
1: to like this. <laughs> um, but yeah, each one teach one. And We can, you know, I think this information is important. So thanks for bringing it to the forefront.
2: Of course. Well, why don't we end how we end? Say what you're saying.
1: Flesh and... Ball.